This week's episode of the podcast is brought to you by Comixology. Are you tired of your favorite movies getting pushed back again and again and again and being stuck inside and not being able to do anything or go see anything fun? Check out Comixology.com. Read all the stories that all of these movies are based on and get in the know. Comixology.com. Sign up for a free Comixology Unlimited trial and you can read everything. You can read The Boys. You can read Lock and Key. You can read Batman. You can read whatever you want. Visit infamouspodcast.com slash comicsology to sign up today. Hey, welcome back to the Infamous Podcast. This is Brian. This is Daryl. And this is Epitode. Epitode. Daryl, this is an Epitode. Episode 268. Pebbles keep falling on my head. Um, post Christmas special. It is our post Christmas. Uh, I guess it's like it's our special regular episode. So, <laughs> I mean, we've had a bunch of bonus episodes here at the end of the year and everything, so it is uh, all fine and and good. But uh, yeah, so this week we have the return of news bites, um, and the amazing fourth episode of season five of the Expanse. Man. Yeah, best that, episode that, that of just, the series, hands down. Yeah, well, maybe not right the series, now, but best episode yeah. of the season. One, no, one of the best episodes of the series. I, I won't just because of recency bias. I don't like. I, I want to step back. Yeah, that's why I, <laughs> I took that yeah, step back. It, yeah, I, I'll. Yeah, I can't wait to get into that one. Yeah, I just moonwalked that one right back. <laughs> okay, Nick. Ah, <laughs> uh, all right. So, Daryl, do you have a good Christmas? Yes. Got a lot of got some good loot, some good um, Funko Pop loot. So, uh, did you just get couple, pops, or did you get other stuff too? No, I got some other stuff. Got okay. some clothes. Uh, uh, my sister and nieces got me this Michigan Jenga set, which is pretty cool. So it just falls over anytime someone with an Ohio State shirt walks by. Uh, yes, uh, you. Act, it's funny you said that because <laughs> I was actually going to make the joke myself. <laughs> oh, it just folds up. Football-wise, <laughs> basketball, hey, basketball was Michigan 7-0. Yeah, I mean, oh, but Ohio two, State is game. not a basketball school. Yeah, I, Michigan, well, Michigan I mean, wasn't a basketball Let's be honest, school. Ohio's not a school. Ohio State's not a school. It's a football factory, but, you know, that's neither yeah. here nor this, there. This is so. very accurate, yes. Anyway, uh, you know. <laughs> um. Yeah, no, cool. Yeah, I got a I got a sweet ass uh Ahsoka statue from Gentle Giant. Looks awesome. It is. It's very cool. I got the rest of the Dune McFarlane figures, which I got to say, they look great, but like I don't know. Like I I'm they're all they're all wearing still suits, right? Which right. which kind of bothers me. I kind of wish they would have been in some like they would have had like at least Paul and Jessica in like Atreides garb to start kind of like the poppet will will have right he's coming he's going to be in the tradies car so so there's that um and then i had to i had to go add uh the beaster van figure with the hair dryer to get all the pieces to to go in so that was fun oh that's but other than that they look amazing like oh they look great i'll be honest the baron is the best looking one yeah, I haven't unboxed mine yet. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, you're Baron because I mean you had that a few weeks ago. Yeah, I got that for my birthday. Pretty so. sweet. But, yeah, I mean I made room on the shelf, like you know. So I don't know. I think I'm. I, I'm, I don't know. Anyway, um, I got a ton of Amazon gift cards. Oh, that's always good. So you know that that um, uh, 
Enterprise, um, NX01 Enterprise from from Enterprise that I have that come that came from the magazine where you get the ship. Yes. So um, apparently they have Battlestar Galactica ones too. Do they have bears and beats? Uh, no, but um, I do have Lee's uh, Viper and a Raptor on the way. <laughs> so, Already, <laughs> yeah. Um, and I have uh, I have Starbucks <laughs> Viper and a heavy Raptor and the Blackbird in my Amazon cart. Like maybe I will get these. So send me. You'll have to send me uh, those pictures of some of those or links. Yeah, I'll send. I mean, they're all they're on Amazon. I mean. Anyway, they're awesome. I mean, but they're big. Like, they're not like the little uh, titanium like ones the that ones. we like. Yeah. They're like yeah. bigger ones. So, I don't know. Like, I'm like, I was sitting there at Christmas at the table last night ordering those. I'm like, thank you for the Battlestar Galactica ship I just ordered. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, I got a really cool, um, you know, uh, thumb assist open uh, Kershaw. You know, another, another mm-hmm. just what I need, more pocket knives. Um, yeah. You know, I've kind of gone down a rabbit hole thanks to Forged and Fire. <laughs> <laughs> There's a sword in my future. There's a hundred percent a sword in my future. Oh, dude, like that's the one thing I. So I have, you know, I have several not different types yeah. of knives. I have a machete because we need that in Northern Kentucky for whatever reason. Well, you know, you have um, Kentuckians to deal with. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have this nice little kind of throwing axe, some yeah. other stuff. But yeah, I want a sword. I've always yeah. wanted a sword. But I'm not going to so. go douchey and get a uh, a katana. What's wrong with the katana? I mean, come on. I mean, the, it's kind of cliche. Oh, I have a sword. Yeah. Oh, you have no, you don't have a sword. You have a katana, like everybody else. It's probably not even sharp. Um, yeah. but no. So I'm like, hmm, maybe a gladius. You know, get, like one of the Roman swords. Cl- I was about to say, get Cloud's Buster Sword, even though that's not a real thing. It just <laughs> would not work from a physics standpoint. Maybe I'll just get a Sword of Omens. Oh, uh, which size? The full size or the uh, yeah, full before size. Before the th- the pre Thunder Thrice. Yeah. I mean, maybe I get both. Okay, that's or or I get Sokka's Space Sword. <laughs> anyway, if we're gonna go like mythical, yeah. Anywho, um. <laughs> So, in news, uh, DC is making cuts again. They're they're gonna lay off more people, which is horrible. Um, but they're cutting the um, the line, which used to be like you know. So it used to be they had fifty two titles. Like they were stuck on this. We have to have fifty two single titles. Um, they are cutting the slate to thirty four um, titles, monthly titles. Uh, even Aquaman is getting canceled. Which is really weird because that's the billion dollar franchise that they have in the movies right now. Yeah. But I'll explain more in a second. Um, the interesting thing of the titles, thirteen of them are from the Batman family. So here okay, so I'm I'm gonna I'm not gonna go through all of them, but here's what I don't understand. So the crime syndicate um is one of the titles starting in March. The Crime Syndicate is the alternate timeline evil version of the Justice League. Nobody cares. Um, Batman Urban Legends. That is coming out of the future state, I believe. Um, with uh, Lucius Fox's uh, estranged son, who was mentioned like 20 years ago, briefly, in a comic book as as a Batman. Teen Titans Academy. Who cares? Um, <laughs> Catwoman. Really? Like, Really? 
uh, the sensational Wonder Woman. This is the uh, Southern South America Wonder Woman that they're going to have. So the, that'll be interesting. Batman Black and White. Who cares? American Vampire. That book is still around. I can't believe it. Um, you know, <laughs> uh, the dreaming waking hours. I don't know what that is. Man Bat. Who wants a who's reading Man Bat? These are some very curious, and I'm being very nice when I say curious decisions. Yeah, so it, it, it's it's just it's very strange of, of what's happening. You know, at least there's the Flash. The there's only one Green Lantern, the Green Lantern season two, uh, which I did not. I I stopped reading Green Lantern a couple years ago when they made you know 47 different Earth Green Lanterns. Um, but yeah, it, it's really really strange. So you've got Batman, you've got Detective Comics, which starting at 10, uh, 1034, don't bother getting it because it's written by the lady who wrote um, I'm Not Starfire, the, the YA novel, where apparently Starfire Fire gave birth to the Penguin. Um, yeah. Anyway, what, so... Was that a joke? Or, or no, you no, no, no. I mean, I, it's not really... I mean, but the, the character on the cover mm-hmm. looks more like the Penguin than like Starfire. Yes, yes. So, yes, this is anywho. True. Um, but yeah, so DC is is actively trying to kill their comics line. That's the only thing I can think of. They don't want to publish comics anymore. They just want to do, you know, YA novels. Like, I would not be shocked, and, you know, I don't have anything to back this up, but I would not be shocked within the next year if we find out that they've licensed their characters to other publishers. Yeah, and so, they've just done away with DC Comics as a whole, which will be, be a nightmare because there will be no oversight in what you can do with these characters anymore. And there will be someone who makes Nightwing gay, just flat out. Yeah. And again, I, I, you, you're the DC guy. I was, I was never big into DC growing up, but that is, you know, DC Comics, that is a mainstay in our modern myths of superheroes and to the idea of that just being kind of, you know, blown away and, you know, just, you know, characters licensed out to the highest bidder is, is really disheartening to hear. Well, so here's the thing with DC Marvel, Marvel's huge because of the MCU. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. But like, if you show someone like a captain America shield in a third world country, they don't know that's captain America. If you show someone a picture of Iron Man, they don't necessarily know who that character is. You show someone a bat symbol, a Superman symbol, or a Wonder Woman symbol, they flat out, they, they know who it is, they know about the characters, they, they know all yeah. sorts of stuff. Because those three characters are the most iconic characters yeah. in modern fiction. Hands yeah, down. And I, no I no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Yeah, I, well, I will say that I was just telling one of my friends who's not, you know, who's I've introduced into the MCU, and I was saying, you know, how WB just sucks, you know, from a movie perspective and just from an overall, the, you know, everything with HBO Max, how they just screwed the pooch with a lot of these, you know, things like this. And I, I was explaining that I was like, look, DC has Wonder Woman, Batman, Superman, and as much as I love Captain America, as much as I love Iron Man, again. Prior to the MCU movies, the record name record it wasn't even 
It wasn't even close. No. You know, because I didn't I didn't read Captain America when I was growing up. I didn't read Iron Man. You know, I did read Thor. Yeah, I read the X-Men and the Hulk and stuff like that. But, yeah, the MCU made these characters far more popular than they were in the comics. Uh, uh, but like, when you have. Yeah. Hot take. Robin is more recognizable than Captain America or Iron Man in the world. Yeah. So when you have that type of background of characters and you just basically you just you obviously don't know what to do with them you don't care about them and that's the thing we've talked about this with star wars why give people projects that they don't really care about the characters especially characters that have have a history like this and again like i thought it was interesting that and again i'm not comparing aquaman to you know the, the big three obviously but like you said, that's a billion dollar movie. You know, they're they're looking, you know, to make do things with Aquaman and mm-hmm. they cancel the comic and yeah. yet they keep Man Bat. Right. So, or, you know, I mean they said they're only doing things to sell, right? Well, here's here's the problem with this. Quit hiring people who aren't gonna write good stories and who have weird agendas. Yes. How about that? Um, yeah, so I don't know. I mean, DC is definitely in trouble. All right, let's move on because it's just going to get us into trouble the more we talk about this. Um, Ted Lasso, um, is likely going to end after season three, says Bill Lawrence, the creator. Now, um, Ted Lasso is a amazing show on Apple TV plus about an American college football coach who goes and, um, coaches a a premier league soccer team and it is it's just awesome um it's my favorite show of 2020 and it was it was great it's already been renewed for seasons two and three so there's nothing to to worry about there but on um zach braff and donald Faison's podcast bill lawrence said don't expect a, a season four um bill lawrence created scrubs he also created spin city that's that's some. That's a strong back. I didn't know that. That's just. I didn't know yet that strong background. Oh yeah, Bill Lawrence is awesome. Yeah, I remember watching Spin City back in the day. At like he, reruns at eleven o'clock. He also night. did the show Undateable, which went. I think it might have done three seasons. It definitely did two on NBC, and uh, it was kind of notable because eventually they just started doing it live, and so the East Coast and the West Coast were actually two different shows. Like they did not necessarily do things the exact same way, so it was mm-hmm. really fun to watch both versions of the show. Um, it starred I, I, Brett I, Morin and Chris D'Elia. Okay, I remember the title. I never watched so, it, but I, yeah. I remember you know seeing stuff about that. Just didn't catch my eye. Yeah, my it was it was a sure. silly, funny, weird little show that you know the type yeah. of thing, the single camera thing that I like. So. So, yeah, I, I'm going to have to, you know, check out Ted Lasso. I mean, you've been talking about it for a while now. Yeah. I don't know if I want to wait until season two comes out, but I don't think I will. I'll probably just, you know, throw yeah. up. Um, well, season two is supposed to go into production in January, um, but they're unclear of how the um, the new uh, lockdowns in the UK are, are going yeah. to affect things like that. So. So we will uh, we'll have to wait and see. But if you guys have not watched Ted Lasso and you got a uh, an iPhone or an iPad or anything, you should be getting like a free trial to Apple TV Plus. Um, definitely worth checking out. I think they do a free month trial still uh, for for that. So 
Yeah, and and uh, like I told you above, last month when the PS5 got released, uh, I have a PS4, and you know, you, it's Apple TV Plus is available on that on yeah. PS4 now. So. so, yeah, maybe just try the trial. I'm tired of paying for your streaming services, Daryl. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right. So the next story. Um, so Wonder Woman came out yesterday. I've watched the first 45 minutes of it. Daryl, I don't know how much of you you've watched. None, right? No. Yeah, I'll probably watch it later tonight. Yeah. So I'm I'm gonna finish it when we're done recording. Um, but Patty Jenkins came out and revealed that the first ending was changed by Warner Brothers, which is nothing that we didn't know. Um, but she really kind of went into detail about it um in this story from uh it was from IGN, but I, I was reading it on um bounding into comics but she said and so there's always been a little bit of a bummer that's the one thing people talk about because i agreed and i told the studio we don't have time to do it when they're talking about changing the ending and making it much larger than it should have given she says but it but it was what it was and i ended up loving it but it wasn't the original ending of the movie um apparently the original ending of the movie was supposed to be uh much more a much more pared down version and um she she's noting that Wonder Woman 88 has kind of that pared down ending as well that didn't have any studio interference. So we'll see. Um, I know the the different things I've seen, the the ratings are kind of mixed about um, Wonder Woman 88. But I'll say, you know, there's really cool. There's two really cool action set pieces to open up the film. Um, one way in the past and one in the, the, the film's present. And they're two different types of action, and they're both really good. So, Yeah, so what I, I've seen the mixed reviews as well, and a couple of my friends watched it, and they said it was fun, but you know, it wasn't as up to par with the first Wonder Woman, yeah. which, again, even before some of the stuff we've heard over the last week, I, I was worried about the whole the, the sequelitis, you know, a lot of – a lot of sequels get where it's they're trying to outdo what they did in the first one yeah and it comes off a little bit more bland i'm still looking forward to it don't get me wrong but yeah that was and again warner brothers interference studio interference because we've talked about it and i told you i watched wonder woman the first one last week and yeah first like you said first two-thirds of the movie is, is so good so good so well done and then you get that you know that cg fest which I just I was watching and just rolling my eyes and saying this is this is absolutely studio interference. You could just tell. So if you end that movie with like Steve Trevor catching like a bullet in that war scene, and mm-hmm. then you know you 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 skip all of the um, Ares got a war stuff, um, and you just cut all of that out. You cut the Nazi party like not not the Nazi party. You cut the Nazi uh, soiree out (laughs) yeah and you do the the stuff with the 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 doctor and the poison like but without any of the other stuff then yeah it's fantastic but you're cutting out like 40 minutes of screen time and Mm -hmm. oh not 40 let's let's be more fair you're cutting out probably 30 25 to 30 minutes of screen time um and then we're talking about how this is a great movie. But Wonder Woman did not make a billion dollars. No. But Wonder Woman also did better domestically than it did overseas. And for people who kind of complain about things here, like 
that should tell you everything you need to know about the rest of the world if you're concerned about things. Um, <laughs> so uh, I liked the first Wonder Woman. I really did. I just didn't like the end. And it it, yep. and it it wasn't like, oh, I didn't like the end of this movie because of Wonder Woman. I don't like the end of any DC movie. They cannot yeah, it, stick the landings at all. Um, Man of Steel, the end kills that. It kills it for me. And it's not because, spoilers, he kills Zod. It's because it's just lazy. Um, Justice League, the end is awful. The end is the, literally the worst part of a bad movie. Um, <laughs> That's bad. Right? That's really bad. Man yeah. versus Superman. The last, like, 30 minutes of that movie are are some of the worst writing in, in cinema history. Uh Aquaman, the end of Aquaman is the same thing as the end of Black Panther, which was also not a good ending um, because it was lazy and cheap. Um, you know, I'm trying to think. Suicide Squad, the end of Suicide Squad is awful. And that got changed mm-hmm. just like the first Wonder Woman. So, mm-hmm. you know, the 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 thing that we're seeing here is um, DC superhero movies have a common theme. They're good up to a point and then they don't know what to do because they don't like the direction that it's going because it's not going to sell merch or toys or have a big muddy CG slog fest. So they just barf out an end. The only movie that I think is kind of decent all the way through and, you know, is Shazam and Shazam's not a very good movie. It's fun. Yeah. Um, it would be like the Ant-Man of the, of the DCEU, but with less heart charm and Paul Rudd. Yeah. And, and this and is from again, a Zach when, Levi fanboy. <laughs> yeah. And and again, it, you look at it from a, what I look, I don't, you know, I, ch- I look at movies like it's good, you know, how much I like it, fun factor and rewatchability. And a lot of these movies don't have the rewatchability factor. And the only one I Wonder really Woman rewatch has- is Wonder Woman until she walks into the party with the sword. And then I was going to say <laughs> up into a point. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, and like Shazam, Aquaman is really rewatchable too. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. And as someone who is not a huge Jason Momoa fan, like he makes that movie fun, you know? Right. Um, also knowing that Boba Fett is his dad, um, it, it is fun as well, which I'm just using as a really cheap segue into our next topic. <laughs> the book of Boba Fett. The book of Boba Fett. So John, um, John Favreau went on good morning America this week and kind of broke it down to provide more details on Boba Fett and the relationship to the Mandalorian. Um, it's its own show. It's, uh, you know, I, I don't know if it's going to be a limited series or not, but you know, um, it's, it's going to be its own show. There are two different shows. Um, the Mandalorian season three hasn't gone into production yet. So yeah. Um, I think he said at the end of the show, Boba Fett came out and said, this is the book of Boba Fett, blah, blah, blah. Um, This wasn't a part of the big Disney announcement from the investor call. So, and then they released the logo, which is actually pretty cool. Um, God damn. They're making me kind of enjoy Boba Fett. (laughs) Their master plan is complete. So I got, um, I got the galaxies of adventure, like Four that just came out with Ahsoka, the clone with the Ahsoka markings, uh, Maul and Boba Fett. Uh, and I put them all up and I put a picture of it. And someone's like, did you actually buy a Boba Fett? 
<laughs> it's like it came with i pre-ordered the four pack so you know kind of just came with it but he's a cool looking i mean it's a it's a nice looking figure and everything but yeah i uh i have boba fett figures and, and stuff like i have the original black series one and i have the celebrate i have both celebration ones and stuff like that and I, have to, I think i have the carbonized one but like i don't like go out of my way to get boba fett figures they just kind of it's like oh here you know it's here it's a like a nice one i'll buy it <laughs> yeah and so, and i got the again, first this... one on like i found in the wild sorry didn't mean to interrupt <laughs> uh no i was just gonna say that yeah the mandalorian did something that no one thought possible they made boba fett effective in from a live action right? standpoint right he's not a little biatch he's like yeah, a badass so, so so yeah and i love that you know just going back to the finale from last mandalorian finale last week that the music of when he takes over the uh java's palace mm -hmm. and sits down on his throne his new throne right so yeah i it'll be interesting to see what this like you said we don't know we don't have enough details on limited uh, what type of series the length of the series right you know is it going to be a part of that like Star Wars cinematic or Disney Plus universe that they're talking about with a with some of the ones like Ahsoka and all the other ones, how they're going to kind of mesh into like an Avengers type style story where right. they're all going to come together. Or something. Well, they've we said we there's gonna that. they have said like they're all going to come together in some big corporate yeah. event. So <laughs> I like that corporate event. I mean, it is what it is. So. It is, yeah, absolutely, oh, absolutely. But yeah, I'm looking forward to this. Because Tamura Morrison was yeah he great was great he was great so hopefully we get to see him as Rex in the Ahsoka series um, now that would yeah I would like that so I wonder like okay I'm gonna I'm gonna say this and I'm not saying it to be mean but I wonder if they're gonna have him get into like better shape yeah like because everyone's making the joke that he's like dad bod boat up Boba um <laughs> I don't know if you saw those memes. But no, I did not. Like but it, I could see if where they're coming if from. they yeah. got him like kind of like you know he he's he's in Jabba Palace Jabba's Palace now or I guess Boba's Palace. Um, I wonder if he's got a gym there to use or or whatever. Um, like it would be great to see like a fighting montage with with Frenic, um, like kind of teaching him some some cool like Frenic moves. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's true. Or go, go. Let's go back to one of the old um, with Shadows of the Empire, Prince Zizor. Yeah. Or Exor. He had the. Yeah, uh, <laughs> he had the like the shake weight machine, right? Where he just got into right. it and right, bulked up that way. That's yeah. all he did. So, hey, dude, the the shake weight is. I don't know. I've never used it or actually seen one in person, so I have no idea with if it works or not. Scorch at one in so. uh, Thor Ragnarok. I know, but I've never seen one like live, like you know. But that was just with his stuff, and like he was really more interested in Des and Troy. So anyway, anyway, uh, all right. Uh, so sticking with Star Wars, um, there has been a rumor, and this was from Fandom Wire, uh, claiming an exclusive that there's a Luke Skywalker series in development, and it'll be using the deep fake technology most likely probably not sebastian stan um but he's one of the names being considered i i will say that the dude who did um all of the luke stuff um where'd he go uh in the mandalorian 
was uh, Max Lloyd Jones did an amazing job. And if they are going to do like a deep fake type thing or, or, you know, de-aged Mark Hamill face, like just keep that guy. Like he, he had some sick ass Jedi moves. Oh, absolutely. From, yeah. From the Jedi perspective, I'm not a fan of the deep fake stuff. So so. there's a difference. So there's the de-aging thing that Disney did. And then there's deep fake. Yeah. With the deep well, fake so, technology. And have you seen yeah. that? Like, people have gone and done, like, the difference. And they've done right. the actual deep fake of Mark Hamill. And it looks amazing. Well, um, uh, uh, sorry, go ahead. Let me go, let me go back for a second. Uh, so what they did, I wasn't a fan of what they did in The Mandalorian. Now, and again, I don't know the budgets of this and stuff. But if you look back at, I think, Captain Marvel and what they did with Samuel L. Jackson, I thought if they would do something like that with Luke, okay, I could deal with that. I mean, I would. I think I would, to be honest, would rather have a recast. Yeah, I'd rather have a but, recast. <laughs> but yeah, but I think if they did it the way um, they did it in Captain Marvel, okay, I think so it would be they okay. had Sam Jackson aged down, and they had um, Clark Gregg aged down. Yeah, Sam Jackson looked fabulous. He looked fantastic. Clark Gregg, yeah. Clark's Greg's nose came to a literal point. Like yeah. like it was a, a, a point. Like the, the, the Clark Greg one was really bad. And the hair plugs and, that they or not hair plugs, the the wig that they had on him was horrific. And that made no sense because like so, you said, the Nick Fury one was fine. Well, it's because one, like you know the saying. Black don't crack. Exactly. And, and you know, I mean, Sam Jackson definitely looks older than he did in, say, coming to America. But he doesn't look that much older. Right. So, you know. That, you know, like, that, that is true. Let, let's let's add some fairness to uh, to to the stereotype. Um, yeah. You know. I mean, hey, I could pass for college age. Yeah. You know, shave this. So. You don't look any I'm- different than when we first met. Now, <laughs> just you've got, swelled got a, little a little more bit. facial hair. You, you've swelled, yeah. Like we both you know, swelled. Yeah, I'm trying so. to get that Amos bot, <laughs> which is far from you know. You're almost where there I'm at right now. You're almost there. <laughs> like you're you're a matter of of years away. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I was, yeah. Um, but so yeah. I, I mean, if they do a Luke series, cool. I don't want it to be ongoing, and I think maybe like. Taking an episode out of like Boba, and obviously they're probably not going to be able to do this, but take an episode out of Boba, take an episode out of Mandalorian, take an episode out of Rangers, and do that as like the Grogu update with Luke. Right. Would yeah. be kind of cool. Um, so the other thing, um, just kind of in line with this, is there were people like talking about like why Ahsoka didn't know Yaddle, right? She's like, well, why didn't Ahsoka know Yaddle? Yaddle was dead by the time, um, or gone. We don't know if she was dead or not. Um, well, in the comics, she was dead. Um, was gone by the time Ahsoka became a Padawan. Yeah, so. Because she saved, and she went on a mission with Anakin and saved his life. Like, sacrificed her in the comics. Sacrificed, sacrificed herself um, to be, to save the Chosen One. And that's canon right like that's canon yeah and like the the well i think it's canon i don't i don't know if it was a disney anyway but then uh but like people were like oh well she's been decanonized it's like she can't be decanonized she's in the movies yeah i was about to say she's in so like if you if okay so if they decanonize yaddle from the movies 
it's fair game to decanonize the sequels, the sequel trilogy. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. And the, the great little timeline shift thing that people have been sharing where it shows the timeline and then it has the holiday special as its own timeline with the sequel yeah. trilogies <laughs> after that. And then I went and I added High Republic to that as like, <laughs> so anyway, which is mean because I haven't read any High Republic books yet. So the Charles Soule one comes out soon and I'm definitely going to read it just because it's Charles Soule. But yeah, um, so interesting stuff with Star Wars to kind of circle it back around. I think Sebastian Stan would be a fantastic Luke Skywalker, but, you know, he's already kind of busy. Um, yeah. And, you know, maybe you just go get another unknown kind of late 30s, mid 30s guy to, to be Luke Skywalker as the, you know, God King of the Jedi Empire. And and to be honest, that might be the best, even though I, I think I would love to have Stan as Luke not just because I, I mean I like him as an actor and yeah he does and again we've seen the pictures oh it's crazy it, it is unbelievable but it may be behoove them to do what you just said and kind of get a relative unknown and you know mm-hmm. go from there yes because I think if if they if they continue to do the deep fake stuff it's just not it's not going to look good. People are going to complain. I'll tell you, the it looked better watching it on your phone than it did on your TV because it was such a compressed image. Oh, really? Okay. So, so it was the opposite of my uh, Episode 7 experience watching it when I was at Disney on my phone. <laughs> right. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So, all right, let's move on to um, It's Raining Rocks. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, with um, Gargamel, yeah, Gargamel. That was the uh, episode title, Gargamel. Um, <laughs> it's a uh, uh, Gagamella, I think, is the way you say it. Um, which yeah. I had looked up what it meant, and now I forget what Gagamella means. I was so, gonna ask you that. <laughs> um, so there's a really easy way to do this. It it, it, it honestly kind of reminds me of also Gulag, which we visited basically a Gulag in so. a sense. Um, so there was a battle of Gargamela. Oh, it was, I'm sorry. The battle of Gargamela was, um, Alexander the great. Um, I think his initial invasion into the Persian empire. Okay. So, and there are a ton of Alexander the great allegories between him and Marco and Aros. Um, I was about to say that, that makes a lot of, that makes a lot of sense. That type, that reference and that title. So, but yeah, um, yeah, it was Northwest Arabia. Um, it still exists today, um, although it's called uh, Erbil, E-R-B-I-L. Um, so, yeah, and it was just a, a major battle for Alexander the Great. If you want to go look it up, there's a uh, Britannica.com. Um, the old Encyclopedia Britannica has a really great uh, write-up on it. Because as I just went into my browser, there it was. So that when I was doing the research. Um, anyway, so yeah, this just this episode was amazing. It it was it was so good. I don't remember, and again, recency bias or not, I don't remember the last time I was watching an expanse episode, and I was I had. The, my body was just tense the whole time. Um, it was when the Sinambulist was being targeted by 
the Martian Congressional Navy, and Holden was going after the proto-molecule hybrid and had to break off to go that, save the Sonambulist. That was the last time. That and, is a great comparison. Right and there. As far, yeah. it had an awesome-ass speech at the end of it, albeit truncated compared to what Marco does at the end of this episode, but it's where we got, this is the warship Rocinante. We have all of, we have target locked all of you. You are well aware of our capabilities. Go ahead and try it, bitches. <laughs> you know? This is your final, this is your one and final this warning. This is your one and final warning. I mean, come on. Like, that's what, like, that's what made you journalism all over the place for Steve, <laughs> Stephen Street. <laughs> Don't lie. So, yeah. anyway. Um, yeah. No, I mean this is this is a uh, this is wow. I mean just wow. We we got peaches back in this episode. We got to see the pit, um, which I'm really excited to see the pit next week. Um, oh yeah, you know. So the pit and is. Check. What was that his name? Uh, yeah. Oh, dude, that guy looked great the, with yes. with the mods, yeah. like with like kind of the wiring on him and everything. Yep. A little cyberpunk um, type. Yeah, uh, yeah. Let's not go there. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't like cyber anyway. Uh, regardless of the game cyberpunk, I don't like the whole like genre of cyberpunk. It's not that I don't like okay. it. I just don't love it. Um, which is why I don't like Blade Runner. Well, I don't like Blade Runner because it's boring. Um, <laughs> but no, but the pit was great. I loved Amos's inner and we're just skipping around. Um, oh, by the way, spoilers. I loved Amos's. Yeah, spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> just assume we're going to spoil everything. Um, you know. Uh, it's been what a week, almost a week. Um, I loved Amos's interaction with the guard. Um, when when he was going in and and he needed sure. to give yes or no answers, he's like, yeah, whatever. And then the guy looks at him, looks at him, and he's like, yeah, this- yes. <laughs> um, and then when he's going through the bag, and he takes out the bottle, and then uh, that of of the- uh, bourbon that he got from Eric, and then. Lydia's Timothy mug that she made for him. And he's like, you need to be careful with that. And it's like, which one is he talking about? I wonder. <laughs> they could be either with him or, or both. both. Right. Yeah. So I think it's got a both in that situation. Yeah, but that was great. Um, yeah. But that was like, so I remember that scene very vividly from the book, right? When he's, when Avazarala. Avazarala got him set up to go see uh, Clarissa Mal Peaches. Um, I was worried because we did not get the whole Clarissa Mal being brought back to earth in the Rosie. Um, yeah. With, with Mertry and everything. Uh, or that wasn't with Mertry. Um, was that with Mertry? I don't, I don't remember. No, that wasn't with Mertry. That's, that was when they, when, um, when they took her back from the ring, back to they they're the ones who took her back to luna um because we had that great scene with juice p on paramal in the um in the book that we didn't get in the show um but where where amos kind of befriended her and was teaching her like mechanical stuff and like like really kind of took her on as a little sister yeah, and I was worried about that too. How you know we we saw her in the premiere of last season, and that was it. And we never kind of got. I mean, they hinted at it their conversation, you yes. know, because she was like, "I got one call, I called you, or whatever." Yeah. But you know, especially for someone who is just watching the series, mm-hmm. so I was wondering how that was going to play out. And the, it's again, it's it's 
props to not only the writing team but the two actors for being able to in that scene at you know in the pit to right. kind of give us that backstory without have without us having seen the backstory of I, their I mean Nadine Nic- Nadine Nicole is the the actress who plays Clarissa Mao. She hasn't been in a ton of stuff, right? Um mm-hmm. she did, I mean she's she's done some TV but like an episode here or there and things like that. Um, but she did more with a, a groggy look coming out of like the 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 treatment that she was getting to to suppress her her implants. Um, she did more with a look than most actors and actresses do with you know twenty five pages of dialogue. And I yeah. think Dan Nowak, who wrote this episode, did such a great job like writing out that scene, and then Nick Gomez, the director. Um, like must have really had a vision for how he wanted this to go because like there, there was, there was so much subtlety that happened that, you know, um, we love Wes Chatham and, and, yeah. you know, subtlety is not necessarily like his go-to as an actor. Um, but he really pulled it off. Yeah, absolutely. He did. He did. And I love the, you know, again, I was all about the, you know, some of the dialogue choices from last episode, last week's episode. And this is the same way for the second straight appearance. Amos comes across as going into a place where it's not his comfort zone. Mm-hmm. You know, first we had it with, you know, with Charles, right. when, you know, when Charles breaks down and he's like, okay, what do I do? And yeah. he just kind of pats him awkwardly. Like, yeah, the T sounds nice. <laughs> In this one, like when Clarissa, Clarissa is going over, you know, everything she's going through and then, you know, it's like, Hey, can't you get your mods out or whatever yeah. like that? And then she ends up asking him, you know, did you come here to help me? And he has this like puzzled look and he's like working it out in his brain. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I guess I did. Yeah. I came here cause you're my friend. Yeah. And her, and again, her response to his, I guess I did. And she was like, you can't. And she's like, not every stain comes out. And that, to me, echoed what Bobby told Alex a couple mm-hmm. episodes ago, where she was like, you know, you can't make up for everything, and you're you're an effing idiot if you try. And, right. You know, Clarissa says it in a in a less Martian marine type way. <laughs> right. But right. Right. It's the same thing, and that I just love that back. Like you said, like everyone involved in this scene, you know, from the actors to the writers to the director, yeah. did such a fantastic job just encapsulating the relationship of these two characters and where they are at in their lives. Right. Yeah. No, you're, you're a hundred percent on point there. And, um, it was, it, it was, it was a really cool little scene. Um, and then the scene with them ends with a big kind of power outage or whatever. And then the ceiling cracks. Um, and we don't get any more with them. <laughs> yeah. Which like, I cannot wait for next week. So, dude, just wait. just watching watching the 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 carnage of of things hitting, um, Earth, <laughs> what Man. was really cool. I liked how they just alluded to like in a report that it happened on Mars as well. Right. Um. I thought I thought that was great. Not just flat out showing us that because like Earth is the one that's in much. So Earth is in peril, and humanity is in peril with Earth being under attack because Earth provides so much to the rest of the the not just the inners but to the belters as well and this attack is 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 hardcore oh absolutely and like the first rock hits what dakar i think they said yeah 
and you know hundreds of thousands i I believe that was the initial report Mm -hmm. so you know hundreds of thousands you know they're talking about the power grids down you know this is a nightmare for just one of the rocks hitting that's that's a nightmare yeah and then you get like you said when with the whole prison you get the one i think it hit like 40 kilometers northwest of philly or something Mm -hmm. they said and again, we don't get how bad that is. I don't think. I think they, you know, they kind of go through it with Avizarala or what have you. A little, yeah. But a little, but you know, again, we're we're just talking about the initial burst. We're not talking about the aftermath where you're going to see tens of hundreds of thousands of deaths because of you know everything else going on right. with it. And then you get the third one, which, again, we might we might want to kind of backtrack with the whole Avizarala. You're trying to get a hold. Of yeah, she's trying to like uh, her and um, Delgado have been blackballed. Nobody will take their calls. Nobody wants to listen to them. Um, and she's doing like she shows why she's such a badass. And she's like, wait a second. I know everybody on that ship. Um, yeah. <laughs> and this scene <laughs> with the cook and he's or the chef. And he's like, I'm the chef. Like, you know, and she's like, I know you fattened me up for years <laughs> with macaroons. Right. With macaroons. <laughs> Um, that was great. Yeah, and and again, it, it it's frustrating, but it's understandable in the sense of how I won't say no, not understandable. It's frustrating, but I can identify with it in the sense of how politics has gone right. over the lifetime of humanity. Yeah, and again, you know, people want to just look at politics, how politics goes now because it's, you know, recency bias, but look at politics throughout the history of humanity. People are dumb in the sense of, you know, they have their political agendas. They don't want to necessarily listen to someone on it from an opposing point of view because, Mm -hmm. you know, they want to take the credit. And again, this is something that you've seen throughout history with humanity. Mm Mm-hmm. That's just how people are. And that's one of the things, even though Expanse takes place 300 years or so into the future. Yeah. It's the same thing. And that's the problem. And, you know, we can kind of get into a little bit of this when we talk about Marco's speech. But, you know, it's it's kind of like that, you know, just that unending circle where you, they're not breaking the cycle. Mm-hmm. And the whole 30 seconds, that's all you would have needed to listen to Avizarala, see what she was saying. But, you know. You know, petty differences and, you know, all that stuff, which we've always had as humanity is kind of gets in the way. But I just love how she does circumvent. She's able to circumvent that and and is able to. And I, I, I did appreciate how Gal was not arrogant enough to dismiss her. She was Gal knew that, you know, this is bigger than me. Right. And well, but here's the thing listened. is she knew after the it was too late. Like, yeah. you know, because yeah, she yeah. because. Like, let's be honest. Um, Avisarala had burned that bridge a hundred percent. Like she was, yes. she was um, horrible to her. She like mm-hmm. not just when she was uh, a rival, but when she was her secretary, um, right? I, whatever, whichever high cabinet role she had. I mean, um, and you know, so so it, it made sense, but at the same time, you know, it was. It was too little, too late, and and you know, Gal paid the price. Yeah, I, I but they they did save, they basically saved Earth from total destruction. They did the, because it, it, the again, order that went the out. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, that the watchtowers did get tasked in time, and they threw and they uh, destroyed 
as you know, as Belter say, tree of the rocks. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why I have like uh, that tickled me how they're like that tree, you know, tree, tree got destroyed <laughs> or something like that. But, but yeah. So, um, no, it was it was a really interesting thing. Um, and and the thing is, is the destruction on Earth was not even like the most costly thing to this show with the destruction. Cause if we look yes. at what happened on Tycho, um, okay. Wow. So this scene went really different, um, than the book, mm-hmm. like really different. So, um, one, just to start rest in power, Fred Johnson, um, Chad Coleman will be greatly missed on this show. Um, so Fred gets shot in the book during this scene, if you remember. Right. And they yeah. save him, but he died this time. And I'm, I'm really interested to see because Fred still had a ton of story to go. Um, but, uh, so Saki, uh, shoots him, you know, which, which I did not remember her being the one that turned. Yeah. Um, I, I, was, uh, I didn't think it was really- anyone who had worked on the Rossi. Um, yeah. But I thought it was a really cool choice because, again, it, it even though I, I had an expectation, they were able to surprise me. Yeah. And I, I and again, you know, with the Holton love, I love seeing him just have, you know, paying attention to his instincts mm-hmm. where he's just like, something's wrong here. Yeah. And then without even thinking, he's just like, hey, Bull, get out of there. It's a trap. Yeah. And, you know, he saves Bull's life. Absolutely. You know. Uh, unfortunately, and again, that you know Sakai shooting, and I'm. It's funny watching it over again. You can see her positioning herself. Yeah, because again, yeah, when you go back like, and watch yeah, it, yeah, yeah. And again, I didn't notice obviously notice it because I'm you know this didn't happen the way I remembered in the book, so I wasn't expecting it to this point. But watching how she after a certain point where she backs up from where she is at you know against the glass, like positioning herself. You know, to take the shot on, you know, on Johnson. So, some of those little things and just watching some of her body language, you know, after you know what's going on was great. I, that's mm-hmm. one of the things I like rewatching things. It's like, how did I, like, how did I miss this, or what did I miss, which would have hinted at this, and yeah. And then it's just kind of like chaos where, you know, they're trying to save Fred. Yeah, you know, Holden ends up going after uh, Sakai, and because Fred tells him, he's like, hey, um, the proto molecule is in my quarters which another thing i did miss and this is you know because the terminal he's trying to touch is kind of like floating around right he does try to eject it because i'm like yeah he's trying to hit release yeah but it's it's like a failed attempt Mm -hmm. because i think everything is down so that was my fault in the first first instance and that's why again perfect example of why why we watch these something. multiple times before we talk about yeah. them. <laughs> because I'd have been like, hey, why didn't Fred have this, that, or the other, you know, mm-hmm. as a safety precaution? And you'd have been like, well, he did try to hit that. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I feel dumb. But, yeah, I, that made sense. And So I, I do have to see that, say uh, when, when he's finally got Fred on his way to gravity so the docs can work on him, uh, Holden goes out in the hallway and as he's walking, how he just I love casually grabs that zero G gun, like the gun just floating there, was 
the coolest freaking thing. I love that. Like that I was like a gunslinger movie. I could never be that cool. Like I mean, I, I'm not cool <laughs> in general. Let's be honest. But I could. That's like a level of coolness. Like I aspire to be. <laughs> yeah that that was one of those the one of those just small tidbits. It just and just not even breaking stride. Not just, even yeah. And like he's like, oh well, thank you. Um, and then that scene with that that uh that bot that was uh, tasked. To, to use that word yeah. again, to retrieve the proto-molecule was freaking awesome. So in the book, what happens is they just, it's in the safe in Fred's wall. Um, yeah. And they, they literally blow the wall and just take the whole safe, yeah. right? They just take the whole section of wall and, 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 you know, it was cool. I will say, I thought it was a little weird that they blew out part of the wall and everybody didn't immediately get vacked into space. Yeah, that was, it was like space was, kind of you know casually it could well but here's the thing though is they weren't facing outside space they were facing the the inside of tycho's you know storage system so maybe like there's a little bit of protection there to like it's not just gonna rip you right out Mm -hmm. i don't know so uh that was like one one kind of like minor tidbit um but yeah, Monica, they were trying to suit Monica and take them with her, which was weird. Um, I, I, I didn't, I don't, I'm kind of interested to find out where that was going. I do think it's right. cool that they captured Saki alive. Um, so, you know, we're going to get some pretty cool stuff. Yeah. And, and to your, again, going back to your point of how Fred Johnson still had a big part to play. I'm, I'm curious to see how much they kind of, pare down versus how much they rewrite and task it to other characters yeah like are they gonna give some of that to bull i don't think that works I, I, yeah bull's not the type for i mean you know we talk about how uh Abizarala is that the matriarch or that you know strong the iron lady type right character and in a way fred johnson is that on the male yeah, side. yeah he was like, the iron that, lady of the belt yeah so <laughs> having him gone is Man, and and again, that was one of those that yeah, you know, I remember him being. Uh, I mean, maybe you know, drummer, or, maybe drummer steps up. Like maybe this is like, the, they, the it, thing to just consolidate and have Kamina take over the OPA. That I mean, it could be. I mean, it's. I and this is what I like about this show is just despite reading it, the books, they make changes that I think a lot of times are better. I don't. Because, yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not prepared to say this is a better change because yeah, no, Chad I, Coleman is 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 so good. Is so good in yeah. everything that he does. Um, I mean, when he was Cuddy on The Wire, that's the first thing I ever saw him in, and like as he shows up in different shows, I'm always super excited because he's he's just I awesome. love his voice. Uh, his facial expressions are what get me. Yeah. So, because he's got yeah. kind of those big eyes that kind of bug out a little bit if he I was needs about them to. Say, yeah, he um, that, that intensity. But he's eyes. he's like he's got that like calm like as an actor, right? When he's portraying characters, there's that calmness, but you know he's a duck under like with the feet under the water, like everything. He's just everything's always being um, calculated, and and that's yeah. why that's why I thought he was a perfect Fred Johnson. Um, yeah. But yeah, okay. So then we have let's touch in with uh, Alex and Bobby, um, which in the newly had... rechristened Screaming Firehawk. I was just about to say the the most important part of the show. No. I'm so yeah, uh, I loved how it said. You know, at first it said you know the Razorback, and then yeah. it just 
screaming yeah, fire, fire hawk. <laughs> so Bob, Bob, uh, Bobby, <laughs> Alex got his wish. Um, so I mean, they're they're chasing down the the Martian Navy convoy, um, trying to stay out of sight. Um, you know, you just get some some back and forth. You get Bobby talking about her rat that she named Mouse. Um, yeah. Which you know, Mouse Rat, greatest band in in the history of Pawnee. Um, just the, like Rat Mouse, not so good. That's when you know they don't have Andy, and you know. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> So, but no, I mean, it, it was really cool. And, and, and Bobby kind of shares with why she's, you know, the way she is, um, which, which was great. And then they get the, the notice that there's, I, there's a lockdown and, and like, we really didn't get a whole lot with him, but what we got was, was really strong. Yeah. So a couple things about this, I like how they just, you know, the, the show starts with this, with them in the sense of giving us a preview, uh, not a preview, but the the newscast of what happened on Earth right. with the first asteroid. And I love the second one is I love their conversation. You know, she's talking about her rat and everything, but mm-hmm. her point is she basically she says, you know, no matter how traumatic the loss is, you only have so much emotional stamina. You know, uh, even grief can get used up. And she's mm-hmm. like, and she goes on to say, after that's done, you're going to want to do something, right? And I love, and one of the things I love, Alex, he's like, you know what? Um, it sucks that I'm not going to be there for my kid to explain this to him. Yeah. And he's like, I hope he has somebody like you, Bobby. Because again, this is the thing, you know, we talked about over the last couple of weeks is that the relationship they have of Martians who both have grown up in, on Mars with the idea that Mars will one day become a garden. And yep. that having that ripped away from them is bad enough. But then again, going my Captain America route finding out what they believed in all this time has soured and become mm-hmm. this, you know, terrible organization in the sense of, you know, it doesn't ha- stand for the Mars ideals anymore. It's about, you know, getting that quick buck. It's about throwing stuff under the table, illegal stuff under the table. So all of this stuff that they were raised on, they find out is, a, is it's not that it was a lie, but it's that it's changed in the and for them the worst way possible and you know something that they used to be proud of they're ashamed of and again it's causing major and when we don't they you know they they haven't got to the point to see how much this is is affecting the whole solar system but i just love that idea of them you know commiserating about you know how we grew up and you know the seeing the truth for what it is yeah ladra <laughs> no, you're right. I mean, you're absolutely right. And and it was it was really really great. Um I love the two of them together. I just I I yes. love it. And and again, knowing how their relationship should be morphing and then the way she uh when when Bobby gets older and the way she lusts after <laughs> after Alex's kid is really it's it's like a great little trope in the book. So, yeah. <laughs> so, uh yeah anyway all right let's uh let's get to let's let's get to wrapping this up because the the, the most show stealer. The, dude the, so the uh stealer philip and and um sin and uh asaka uh, oksana sorry um get naomi to the pella which the pella is freaking awesome like dude, can, can we take oh, a second man. and just like like talk about how amazing the interior state's like set of the Pella is. It is that, it is so cool. 
that is something else I did not appreciate during my first watch because I was so enamored with Marco. I didn't get a chance to kind of step back and look at the interior of that ship. That looked absolutely incredible. It was, well it done. Was, it uh, was, yeah. yeah. Way to go, well Expanse done. crew. Like, yeah, well done. Yeah. It, it was, um, I mean, like, because the Rossi is a cool-looking interior ship. The the Screaming Firehawk is a cool-looking interior ship. Um, the Donnie was a cool-looking interior ship. This one, yes. the Pella puts them all to shame. Yeah, it's... Yeah, it, it seems like it has the best, like, it, it's closer in, a, in ways to me, it, it's closer to the, um, you know, the Rossi. Well, yeah, I mean, it's Martian. It, <laughs> uh, it, yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's upgraded. It's Yeah, it's new. It looks like it's it's new. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. But uh, but, but even that pales into comparison. Yeah, so before we uh, get to, to his Alexander the Great moment here, let's, uh, like, he's talking to Naomi and and you know she's like I never thought I'd see you again and you know he he's going off and he he shows like so this was one of my favorite things in the book is he's always putting Philip down yes and they hadn't really shown much of it like what they sh- had shown a little bit because they we haven't had a lot of scenes with with Philip and Marco together um he like he was he was very loving and then this time he does he sits that put down in there and it's like there's the crack there is the initial yes. crack that is gonna that is that is his 100 percent downfall because he philip only wants to be viewed as an equal and marco and this is marco's hubris and then like you know spoilers yeah. this is what's gonna end him he has no equal in his mind yes and that yeah that's a great point brian that people like that that, you know, that who believe that they're above everyone else, they can't help themselves when they get the opportunity, even if it's kind of like they try to do it in a, a you know, a loving or a joking way, putting people down. I've known people like this where they slip these things in where it's not as, you know, their, you know, their voice inflection and everything mm-hmm. seems, it seems like they're playing, but the words are so biting and damaging to the person that they're directing it at. And you can see it from Philip's reaction where he's like, I guess he still wants his mother. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's a kick in the teeth for Philip right? and for all this time, Hey, I, you know, I did all this, I did this. And you know, you see how they, when they, when they see each other for the first time, you know, that, you know, that, loving hug and philip thinks you know i've arrived i'm mm-hmm. you know i'm my dad's equal and then he then to only to have marco do that yeah i mean it was it was oh it was so good and and then and then we get the and then he tells naomi as they they he tells her to take her back to her her cell i guess room uh he he says welcome home yeah which was was it was just like it was the biggest middle finger he could give her in front of their son. Yes. So yeah. and yeah, and to be power like she like to feel that powerless, she can't do anything right now. And she is and not how- she is not one who deals well with feeling powerless because if you no. remember on Illis when when she was uh, dealing with gravity sickness, she doesn't do well when when she feels no. that way. So um, I'm really excited for the scene that that we're hopefully going to get. Um, in in the next episode uh so the speech though i mean this was his alexander the great moment right this was the first decisive victory and and what will actually be many um because Mm -hmm. he's not he's not just a crazy person he is yeah he's not a one and done yeah no he's intelligent he's yeah he's amazing 
Um, yeah. Ke- Keon Alexander. Um, I like I was telling you on the phone yesterday, or maybe the day before. Uh, no, it wasn't yesterday. It was the day before. Um, I, I, when when they we got to the point where we we're going to have Marcos, I had no idea. Marco, sorry. Um, I had no idea who was going to play him. I had no idea who right. I wanted to play him. I, I just know he was this infectious character with charisma and strategy and madness in in the books. Um, and Keanu Alexander is. I can't think of anyone I'd rather have play him now. Like he he did such a good job in the the limited scene we got with him last year. But now seeing him like I love the scenes where he's standing in the holographic map. That's like that I I think that that's so telling to who he is. Um but I told you it's his eyes, right? Mm-hmm. Um Yes. So do you remember you remember Spartacus? Um Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So there were there were two different actors that played Spartacus um, because the first one died. And, and, you know, Andy's Andy's power in Spartacus was his voice, Um, like the the, just the tone of his voice, the way he he, um, affected things with what he said. But then Liam said more with his eyes and and and, and Keon Alexander is, is that kind of actor where he's very expressive with his eyes. But then he gave the speech, and I was like, I journalismed all over the place. <laughs> you know, like a total man crush now. Um, and, it was amazing. And one of the most, the one of the most important things, in just in general, when you're trying, when you're, you know, trying to persuade somebody is, you know, not lying. And right. the dangerous thing about Marco is that not only is he passionate and has that charisma and intelligence. But he uses the truth to redirect people towards his own goals. Mm-hmm. Like so, what he was saying about Belters, you know, being you know downtrodden, being you know basically kicked around for you know generations, is true. Um, and you know, he he knows, he understands that how 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 the Belters feel because he he is one. He's been around them his whole life. Mm-hmm. But his his ability to take what is true and you know wrap it in this you know just charismatic bouquet of just you know dialogue was fantastic and like you said Keon's his eyes because one of the things like you you mentioned the three qualities of Marco and a lot of actors I think could have done two of the mm-hmm. three but the way he is able to intermesh all three of them together is phenomenal and you can see that kind of crazed part of marco in his eyes knowing that but other people don't see it because he's so charismatic Mm -hmm. and that's the thing people like him are able to influence those who 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 are at a point or of in a circumstance where they're looking for direction they're looking for guidance because that's i think that's what people in general are looking for they're looking for guidance they Mm -hmm. You know, they they see themselves as, hey, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. And Marco is that calming voice that tells you it's going to be okay yeah. because I'm here. Yep. Um, you know, and and then the fr- calling it the Free Navy, and I loved how it cut. It kept kind of cutting to Tycho, and then Luna, and then back to Marco. Um, it was it was just a great way to to in the the fourth episode and set up the entire second half of the season yes yeah it's like honestly 
as much as it, he disgusted me for what he did and what he's willing to do, you couldn't help but get chills by listening to like the passion. Dude, and goosebumps the entire the time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the other cool thing, and I, I know we've compared this episode a lot to the book because this is a really important moment in Nemesis games. Um, or Nemesis game, sorry. Um, is Marco is atypical of a belter because he's so well-spoken. He yes. doesn't speak with the built belter lilt. Um, and I think, I I feel like they did a really good job of kind of putting a little bit of belter back into his voice here. Yes. Because he speaks clearly. He doesn't speak in the weird, like, belter, Yoda, mix, hybrid <laughs> English. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, like, you know, at the same time, he's still, like, he, like, you know, you were saying, like, tree. You know, it's like, you know, yeah. we threw tree rocks. Um, you know, they, they like, that's the thing that still endears him to the the OPA members. Like, let's not even say the belt. The OPA members who have decided to, like, you know, hitch their wagon to his meteors. Yeah. And, again, a lot of times people compare this to Game of Thrones in space. And what mm. the ex- mm. one of the things the expanse... Just no. listen. Just listen. Okay. Stop. Listen. <laughs> uh, what I'm saying is Game of Thrones, a lot of times, we've talked about this, how one choice just sets up a domino effect. And we'll go back to our sure. you know, Lady Stark. She can, like, her actions cause the downfall of her family. Oh, yeah. Uh, absolutely. And you think back to. And I, and I, I kind of, I'm fascinated with this idea of how, you know, one choice sparks so many things, like, even though you don't see it. When Drummer has the chance to be the deciding vo- vote in, you know, having Marco executed, her reasoning is sound. She doesn't right. want a civil war within the belt. Right. And again, this kind of goes back to what Marco says to um, Ashford. He's like, you know, even our dreams are limited or something along those lines. Right. And the drummer could not see how far Marco could take things. And again, again, we see this a little bit of her feeling guilty from Ashford dying. How is she going to feel knowing that Marco did this, killed millions of people and she could have stopped it. Right. It's going to be really interesting to see. And again, one of the things you said is, are they going to bring her back to kind of, consolidate since fred's gone are they going to give her some of his story what right. they're going to do with that i'm really interested to see what they have what they do with her character knowing the guilt she already feels because of her friend ashford died right oh right you're is absolutely she gonna right. have you know is she gonna have you know the death of millions of martians and earthers on her on her you know on her conscience now yeah i i will just say like you know uh daniel abrams and ty Frannick are superior writers to george r, r. martin in every way that's that was my argument. <laughs> like I don't disagree with anything that you said. I, yeah, I, I mean, again, I, I think the Expanse series, just as a book series, I could reread many more times than I could Game of Thrones. So I'm almost done <laughs> with Chapter House Dune. So which is my, you know, I read Dune every year, but I don't go through the whole series every year. Um, right. But like I'm almost done with Chapter House, and like I've got the Expanse novels and uh novellas that have the audiobooks um queued up ready to go next (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean and again i i get your point because there are some authors that i love their books but i and just like movies i might like a movie x but i don't want to reread it the expanse is a book series i could absolutely reread game of thrones not so much right 
So I, I agree with you on that. So, so that was my way. Of awesome. Story. So uh, out of five Rossies, this episode gets 12. So <laughs> amazing. Again, amazing. We, again, yeah. but before this, you know, as far as season five, we both said we thought the churn or not the churn. churn. We thought churn yeah. was the best episode. Man, this makes churn seem like again just comparing episodes. Churn is still a great episode, but this one just yeah. I mean, this is why we don't it, compare episode to episode. Like, yeah, because you know. it's, it, again, we said it, it does what it's supposed. Churn did exactly what it's supposed to do, and in that, it was brilliant. Ooh, I don't know what that was. <laughs> so I will say, watching like watch Mother and then watch um, Gargamel back to back because it's a two part episode, a hundred percent. Oh, I'll, I'll have to do that. I like, do like, that, like, but. as I was like going through and looking at it, it's like this is like this is like the special episode in the middle of the season that wasn't meant to be cut in two. But you know, <laughs> and I, I here's the thing though, is I think had they put the first four episodes out, this episode would not mm-hmm. have been as powerful. You know what? I I think you're right. And again, we talked about this when they did this with the boys. Yeah. Like, Re- releasing this you know first three episodes is a perfect way to whet our appetite but also set the foundation like this yeah this does this is not a foundation setter like the first three was Mm-mm. this was this was something totally this different. is the and game changer yes yes so, absolutely a game changer the and- nemesis game changer <laughs> oh, i went there that's right <laughs> <laughs> Dad joke 101. Yeah, dad jokes. I got dad jokes. You want dad jokes? I got dad jokes. Yeah, awesome. Amazing. Yeah. All right. On that note, thank you to Julian Brown and Matt Mitchell for uh, supporting us through Patreon. You can join them at patreon.com slash podcast or just go to infospodcast.com and check it out. Um, Check us out on YouTube. Um, like and subscribe, all that fun stuff. We've been doing a lot more, or actually, we've been posting the episodes on there. Um, and after the new year, we're actually gonna we have a plan, like the and Cylons. It's not part of a plan. No, it's we we have like fifty eight percent of a plan right now, which is much better than twelve percent of the plan because we've thought about the minutia. <laughs> that's my favorite. That's my favorite interaction in the whole Guardians movie. Um, Same, me too. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, that wasn't a laugh. That wasn't a real laugh. <laughs> it's the realest laugh ever. <laughs> anyway, it um, is real. It is real. All right. Uh, Merry Christmas. Um, I don't think we'll be back before. No. So. No, we won't. No. Yeah. Happy New Year. Um, twenty twenty coming to an end. So maybe all the bullshit that went along with it will end magically on December thirty first. Um, or not. So. Cool. Daryl, any last words? No. I just. I mean, these are the last words of 2020 for for the podcast. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's just have a great New Year's. And if you're not watching The Expanse, you're, well, you probably shouldn't be listening to this because, you know. (laughs) No, listen to us and then go watch it and read it and love it and, you know, enjoy it. Um, Oh, I will say. Our, our certified infamous best of we are going to do in January um, just because uh, I have plans for that one and I haven't even filled Daryl in on those yet. So, Ooh. yeah. Awesome. On that note, we'll see you guys later. Peace out. Bye.
The Infamous Podcast is recorded in Kings Mills, Ohio, just north of Cincinnati, with new episodes out every Sunday. You can find more information about the show online at infamouspodcast.com or on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as at Infamous Podcast. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, or your favorite podcasting app. If you're enjoying the show, consider giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash infamouspodcast for our new tiers and rewards. The Infamous Podcast is hosted and produced by me, Brian Tudor, with music provided by Michael Henry from meetmichaelhenry.com. You can find me on social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as at Brian Tudor. So whenever you're listening to the show, have a great day, night, evening, weekend, whenever it is. And we'll see you next time. Later.